0: Hello, my name is Jack Aldrich, and this is the Player to Prospect podcast. As you can see, our guest today is Jeff Fox. He is the head coach at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, located in Prescott, Arizona. Folks, this is a great episode. I could feel it as it was happening, that this was going to be a very fun conversation to have with Jeff. I feel like we could have been talking for hours on end, and I would have never gotten bored. And I really do hope we get a part two eventually. Um, but for now, we've got a couple hours that you guys can enjoy. And you know what? Let's not even hesitate or talk any longer. Let's just get right down to it. This is my conversation with Jeff Fox. Three, two, one. Jeff Fox, how are we? Doing great, Jack. How are you? I'm good. I'm good we may or may not have talked about my current situation. I'm in sort of purgatory right now, but you know, it it allows me to, to kind of get some freedom to do what I like. Um, And I feel like the fall actually, especially for a head coach, it gives you the freedom to kind of evaluate your team and say like, okay, like what do I want to do with them this fall? Like maybe I want to change something up. Um, There's definitely going to be things we, we, you know, we keep consistent uh, throughout the years. What's, what's that actually been like for you? I'll, I'll ask that first.
1: Sure. You know, our, our fall really truly, like it, it begins once the, the season ends, you know, in, in May or June, a lot of times, cause you're, you're gonna be doing exit meetings. You're going to be talking to the players, you know, what went right, what went wrong. And, and as we, as a staff kind of evaluate, you know, what, what, what worked, what didn't work. And, and having those exit meetings with the guys, you, you start to kind of go, okay, well, Maybe the fall should look a little bit different than what we did last fall because we just didn't get to where we wanted to get to at the end of the season. Um, obviously, only one team plays, you know, or two teams play at the end of the year, uh, the very last game of the season. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're always looking to to add new pieces, make it a better experience for the guys too. You know, I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, you know, we might have a, a plan in place, but we still, we still have to think about the players and, and mm-hmm. what their experience is, whether it's, uh, you know, the – you know, the, the drills we do, whether it's the competitive environment that we create certain things. Um, but yeah, man, th- those juices get flowing right right uh, at the end of the season. Uh, maybe I'm a nut, maybe I'm a little bit different. <laughs> but, you know, we always start getting after that kind of stuff right, right out of the gate. Uh, we, we we plan a lot over the summer. Obviously, things can change, you know, players come in and out, transfers happen, whatnot. Um, so maybe the, the, the scheduling can kind of change a little bit there too. And same with the coaching staff, sometimes guys leave and go and um, but, uh, but no, it's, uh, it starts then. And we're, we're just super excited to finally be out there doing it. You know, you, you do all this time and you're, you're constantly working towards, okay, what's it going to look like? Um, but to finally be out there, you know, this is actually right now, currently we're in our second week of, of team yeah. practices and, um, yeah, so far so good, but always, always throw a little kinks in there too. You got to be able to make adjustments, uh, you know, whether it's on a, on a daily basis or throughout the week, but, um, yeah, it's been fun so far.
0: So, um, when that season ends, how long do you guys take off until you're back on the road, uh, going into tournaments or showcases, looking at guys trying to reload for the next year? What does that look like?
1: Sure. I think I'd probably take a five minute breather. And, yeah. and then, <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. I'm, then I'm back at it. Uh, you know, no, it's, I think we try to give ourselves time uh you know you you want to you want to feel like you're taking a breath of fresh air try to re-energize yourself you know Mm -hmm. I know for me and and my family uh we always like to make sure we do some sort of trip at the beginning of of June or middle of June depending upon when the season ends um just to be able to get out and just kind of get away from the game get away from you know from all the 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 hassle so to speak um Mm -hmm. the day-to-day grind and and just go okay let's just, uh, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers said it best getting that darkness retreat and just kind of oh, have, yeah. have some time to yourself and, and just kind of get away from it. And it's surprising the minute you get back in the office, you feel a little more energized, a little more ready to get after, mm-hmm. uh, after that next process. And I, I think obviously for, for all coaches, especially the college level, that's recruiting, you know, we're, we're recruiting 24, seven, anyways, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that those summer months are huge for us. So whether mm-hmm. it's tournaments right then and there, end of June, um into July and August, but yeah, we're, we're just getting after it, brother. It's uh it's a constant, uh, constant deal, but no, we always have our, our coaching staff. Hey guys, get, get out of the house, like mm-hmm. get away from the office, just go do something for, for a week or so. Um, You mm-hmm. know, our assistant coach, one of our assistant coaches went to Alaska for a week, like, get out of there like go you know go have fun enjoy yourself a little bit we tell yeah. our players do the same thing right i mean i was gonna not, ask yeah hey they, you know the day uh, the season's over you know you, you don't necessarily have to be right back in that weight room getting after it again give yourself a little bit of recovery time um and and you'd be surprised with how much more energy you then have as as you get back into the grind and, and get back mm-hmm. at it again for the next year
0: and not only is it a physical recovery, like you said, it's a mental recovery to kind of like reset your mind. I know, uh, in the professional ranks, like that is something that they really stress. They're like, look guys, like you cannot, uh, put too many eggs, you know, in one basket, so to speak. I mean, yes, it's your job, but you're going to burn out at some point if you don't have some level of balance in your life. Um, and I I've, definitely saw that at the college level. I don't know if it's as common as the professionals, but it's definitely really impactful when a player burns out. They can they can fall kind of out of love with the game in a sense. Um do you try to do anything to combat that during the season or even in the fall um because also at a school like Embry-Riddle, I, I would assume students are also very busy with uh their academics.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you uh there's certain days you show up to the field and there's a fog just kind of sitting there, uh, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's midterms end at that point, you know, you start having those conversations with the guys, but you can, you can get a sense. And I think that's one of the challenges for all of us, you know, in the coaching world is to have the pulse on the guys, right. Mm. And, and kind of know it's not just about baseball. You know, for us, mm. we, we, we want to put ourselves into a national title contention every year that, that that's great. But we also want to make sure our guys are acing every exam and getting the highest grades they can possibly get and be able to do great things once they leave. And it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of mental, emotional effort to be able to play at a high level and do those things at a high level, study at a high level. So having that pulse on guys and being able to kind of have a feel for, dude, you're you're not here. You're not here with us mentally and emotionally yeah. right now. Uh maybe it's time to 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 take a break. And you know, the break can be something different. You know, we we could change up a practice plan. You know, maybe maybe mm. it's you know, maybe we play, you know, play a different game altogether. I maybe mean, we're not playing baseball today. Maybe we're out there competing, but it's ultimate frisbee today. You know, like just mm. just something completely out of the blue, uh, that our guys can kind of just, you know, yeah, they're 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 staying engaged in terms of the the competitive environment, maybe, but from a you know, baseball side of things, and mm-hmm. maybe even just from a school side of things, they're 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 good to go. We actually have a phrase uh, that we use with our guys when it comes to going from that academic world now, you know, over here into into the athletic world. Uh, mm-hmm. It's disconnect, reconnect, and then stay connected. And disconnect mm-hmm. meaning disconnect from whatever is going on outside of 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 our community, our our fraternity. Um, and then obviously reconnect then with everybody that's involved in our community and in our fraternity, and then just mm. stay connected until that, that session is over, you know, that training yes. session. Is, if it's, you know, if it's the baseball field and what we're doing there, if it's a community service event, what we're doing there, um, you know, whatever it is, but we stay connected with each other. And then once it's over, yeah, get back and, and reconnect then with, you know, with the other parts of your life, if it's studying, if mm-hmm. it's, you know, class or, or whatever.
0: Yeah, I can definitely recollect um some former teammates where they struggled to maintain like a balance in or not even a balance, just the ability to like compartmentalize like when to focus on what. Um they again, they put too many eggs in the baseball side and uh, they might be the hardest worker on the baseball field. They might be in the cages or on the mound like way more than everyone else. But then the rest of their life is falling apart. And you're like, come on, man. Like, you know that eventually it's going to come to bite you in the ass. Like it just will. Um, and in my experience, it did more times than not. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's pretty refreshing um, to hear that, it you know, it's not just baseball. It's like, look, we need to learn how to be able to manage all the parts of our life. And that's another thing that I can, I'm so uh, happy to hear um, from any program saying like, look, yes, we're here to play baseball, right? But when you're done with college, like chances are like those will be or your career will be done, right? You know, maybe it's not great, but eventually it will be. And you're going to have to have fall back on something. You're going to have to, you know, rely on the the way that you approached your um, your academics or your social life. And you're gonna to have to use that. That will now be your baseball. And if you just well, put I, those to the side, sorry, if you just put no, those No, to no, no. I was to say
1: absolutely right. Like we mm-hmm. we in the recruiting process will talk to guys and say, hey, we want you to have the same dreams and goals that every player in our program, myself when I oh. was a player. You know, I wanted to be you know at the time when 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 baseball was was happening in my life when I was a player, it was the Ken for Juniors of the world and and those guys. And it's like, hey man, we want you to have that twenty year Derek Jeter career, you know, that Maron Rivera career where you're just you're you're in baseball professionally for practically your life. Mm-hmm. Um, But at some point, it, it, it ends. You know, even for those guys, I mean, they were able to end on a high note, right? They were able to walk yeah. away from the game and say, hey man, we're we're good, yeah how many of those players ever actually do that? You know, think about from, from your perspective as when you were growing up as a kid, probably what, five, six years old, you, you start, you know, swinging a bat for playing catch, you know, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. to think 40 years down the road, you're still, you're going to tell baseball, but bye, I'm, I'm done. I'm good to go. Yeah. Um, it, not too many people actually do that. And more mm-hmm. times than not, it's baseball telling you, sorry, Jack, sorry, Jeff. You know, it's, Mm-hmm. Time, this is this is the time to move on to something different in life. And that's okay. Uh, you know, the late yeah. junior CEO said it best, he's, when he retired, he said, I'm graduating to the next stage of my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was one of the coolest things that that, you know, you could hear somebody say in a retirement speech. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, he was able to walk away in his own terms. But at the same time, yeah, baseball is over, but guess what? There are so many cool things, so many awesome things in life that are going to present themselves to you. Mm-hmm. And if you have a degree in place, if you have the the you know the the foundation that you were able to create and build upon, mm-hmm. and now complete once you're here in 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 college, the doors, the opportunities, they're they're going to be all over the place for you. And mm-hmm. and now you're going to be able to not only we call it change your, your, your life's, you know, the, the generational side of things, right. You're going to be able to have now, um, you know, your family was able to get you to this point. Now you're going to take and create your own life and your own traditions and your own, um, you know, trajectory with, with your kids yes. and those kids, kids and, you know, so on and so forth. And um, you know, those, having that degree, having that kind of foundation is only going to allow you to do those things. Um, mm-hmm. Just thinking it's baseball. And, and if baseball runs out, I have no other options. Oh boy, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to be, we're, we're going to be swimming up, up, uh, upstream pretty, uh, you know, pretty frantically once, once that yeah. plug. Is-
0: yeah. Oh man. And, I, th- I feel like players are are becoming more aware of that now. They're starting to evaluate um, schools in that more well-rounded sort of uh, perspective, I guess. Um, and specifically for a school like yours, I mean, I got to imagine the kinds of kids you're recruiting who, especially the ones that want to go to your school, they have a very specific uh, interest, right? What, I mean, can you we just like, can you talk actually about that? Like, um, what that's like, like recruiting a kid? Are you, are you asking them about like, Hey, um, you know what we do here at Embry-Riddle, right? Like, is this something you want to do? Or, you know, are you, are you just trying to study like business or psychology or something? I mean, uh, because I, I remember <laughs> I was looking through like your guys roster uh, and like uh, there were some, you know, players with their majors listed and, you know, I assumed it was going to be like mostly like aeronautical engineering or whatever it is, <laughs> something mm-hmm. in those aerospace engineering, whatever. Sure. And uh, I saw some that weren't, you know, in that field. And I thought, okay, so um, like maybe it's it, it's not just about the aeronautics or whatever. So I don't know if you could like elaborate on that a little bit, like just kind of what that uh, position uh, that you have, like like how that affects like when you talk to players.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, your initial, uh, you know, emotional response, just, mm. you know, your gut feeling, um, when you looked at our our institution, um, obviously it says it in the name, Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. And, right. uh, yeah. obviously a lot of guys just go, all right, you fly planes. And we do, we do fly planes. It's, and it's a lot <laughs> of fun. Uh, it's number one, in the country it's, it's one of the greatest places to be, if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also one of the few places that you can do that and play baseball or any other sport uh, mm-hmm. for that matter. Um, you know, most institutions, you go into that kind of degree program, and the the athletic department says just shoe away. Like you, you go do your your, your pilot, <laughs> thing and that's that's enough. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're fortunate we can do though. You know, do both uh, and do both at a high level. But yeah, it's you know the engineering side of things. We're, we're very you know math science based. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, like once. Once those kids ask that initial question, you know, because that that's always that first one. Is it, is it just a pilot school, right? Well, yes, that that's a big piece of it. But at the same time, we have twenty six undergrad programs on our campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would probably say, you know, a, a third of them on our roster are probably going into that that pilot kind of program. Uh, a third of them are probably going to be involved in some sort of engineering, whether it's you know the mm-hmm. aerospace, the mechanical. Um, you know, electrical, all that good stuff. Um, but at the same time, we also have probably one of the most underrated business schools uh, that I've come across. Um, you hmm. know, in, in my days of uh, of coaching and, and coaching at academic institutions too. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we probably have a quarter of our roster in our business school, and they absolutely love it. it it's it's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, we're going to have. 22 other undergrad programs on top of that we have one dude that's in our computer gaming and animation program uh he wants to create wow. the next Fortnite. yeah i know i mean who would have thought that an aeronautical university would would <laughs> study video games uh so yeah it's, it's definitely a very uh it's a very unique place um, yeah. it, it's definitely not it's not for everybody um we're not uh we're not a liberal arts school where you've got 60 70 degree programs everything under the sun um but at the same time what we do is is really really impressive and uh, once our guys get on campus and they see kind of how how it all works they they're they're ecstatic man they, they they love every minute of it
0: and correct me if I'm wrong it's not a, a massive university right
1: no sir we're I think our undergrad now we're approaching four thousand, um, so we're about wow. thirty-two to thirty-five at the moment.
0: Okay, so what does the um, what does like the student to faculty ratio look like? I would imagine those classes are pretty intimate.
1: Yes, sir, absolutely. I think we're averaging seventeen to one from a student to teacher ratio, and yeah. uh, and it's and especially once you get to the your upper electives and and in mm-hmm. those uh, you know those classes. Um, you just, it's like you and five other kids, you know, and and so you have this really, like you mentioned, intimate relationship that you're able to create, uh, what also is unique about us as opposed to, you know, maybe a bigger school where you've got, I always call it 30,000 of your closest friends. Uh, (laughs) you're going to be the last four digits of your social security number, right? At at, at places like that. And for some people, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. It works for them. It's the coolest thing in the world when you're in our classes, you can't hide. There, there is no like sit back in the back of the class with your hat down, you know, and, and the shades are on because you had a, a wonderful taco Tuesday. Um, you know, it, you, you have to, you have to be engaged in the class, but you're also going to get the same professor from day one in that math 101 classroom. That same professor is going to be in that 400 level elective, uh, or capstone class. And, throughout the four years, you're creating a relationship with them. So, you know, the networking that ends up being created and developed in those relationships when it comes to internships, jobs, you know, once once our guys graduate, I mean, shoot, most of our guys, we joke about it all the time, graduation is on a Friday. Well, they're going to get their diploma on Friday. It's party all night, Friday night, party all night, Saturday night but then you're in recovery mode Sunday. Cause you go to work on Monday. Like you're going to get Jeez, that, yeah. gonna have that job. You're going to, it's going to be lined up and yeah. you know, it's, it's a pretty unique deal, but, um, but having that, that smaller classroom size allows that that development from, from a relationship standpoint and yes. uh, yeah. Yeah. Our, our guys really take advantage of it for sure. Uh,
0: I was fortunate enough uh, junior college to take a interpersonal relationships communications class. Oh, uh, yeah. And it it definitely opened my eyes to how effective it was to be in such a small classroom where, like you said, you can't hide. And I would imagine that um, I'm just trying to compare right now, like the difference between going to a school like Embry-Riddle and going to a let's just say school X that has 30, 40,000 students, right? When you leave that university, the network that you've built uh, at that big school, it's going to be like, oh, you also went there. Awesome. Yeah. No, we never met, but oh, you went there. Great. Now Embry Riddle, It's like, yeah, I knew you for four years. Like it's totally different network. So like, I think uh, again, just looking at retrospect um, for, you know, you and me, uh, advice that i would give young players is like take that into account because like the network is all like like you said it's very valuable but it's even more valuable when like you can actually put um like a name to the face and and really know somebody because uh, that's a network you know as opposed to like i said the other the other version
1: oh absolutely but, Th- think of you know words have have meaning have value have weight behind them right mm-hmm. and if you are a if you're a professor and you've been working with this student for, you know, the last, you know, two, three years mm. and you've seen them grow, you've had this relationship with them. Um, you've been able to talk about things. You reach out to an employer that mm. maybe you worked for in the past. Maybe you currently work for now too. You kind of, you know, do some side projects with them, whatnot, but sure. You make that phone call and you have the conversation with whoever that that manager is or or CEO whoever it is that that's looking to hire certain people. The weight of the words coming out of your mouth as that reference, mm. it, it, it it's beyond weight and gold mm. because you are like you said it, it's not just yeah you know I think that kid was in a, in my one of my classes yeah I, I think so he put me down as a reference yeah he must have been mm-hmm. um, I think the TA taught it but you know yeah I think so. Um, or it's, yeah, you know what? I, I've had this kid now in in four of my classes. Um, these are the projects that we've worked on. These are the things that I was able to to see from from, you know, he or she throughout the course of our time working together. Mm-hmm. And when you're an employer and you're hearing that, that's the information. that's the feedback you're getting about somebody that you're gonna hire and and give six figures to or and mm-hmm. be a part of our our organization and, and our company and move our company and move that needle forward even further. Mm. It, it obviously holds a lot more weight than, than just the, yeah. Okay. They, 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 they were here.
0: <laughs> they check a box. They check one box, you know? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not enough though. Okay. So for your players who are in those programs that are a little bit more unique uh, compared to the status quo, do you have to accommodate for them in that way as well? Um, I would imagine during the season, it's it might be a little difficult.
1: Sure. You know, there's, there's always going to be some roadblocks. I, I think I've been fortunate with the other academic institutions I've been at before mm-hmm. the same issues would, would come up. Um, and more times than not, it's usually the upper, you know, the upper division stuff. And so you're dealing mm-hmm. with more of the juniors and seniors in your program that they're going to have potential roadblocks from a scheduling standpoint you know Mm. hey i've got uh you know i've got a class that runs into this time i know we usually start our practice around around this time in the afternoon uh i'm just gonna have to be late when you know when i when i show up and and get done with class and get out to the field Mm. that's cool man totally get it again at the end of the day what's big picture here yeah Uh, missing the first 15 30 minutes of of our of our practice um or you getting this degree that's going to then take you and, you know, open so many doors for, for your life moving, moving forward. Um, Mm. At the end of the day, you know, you could also do when practice is over make up those extra 15, 30 minutes that you missed. Like it's okay. You know, we, we've got time, you know, it's uh, Mm. uh, there's 24 hours in a day. We can figure out if there's additional time uh, that you need to, you know, maybe show up before practice starts and get some extra swings in the cage. Maybe you stay late and get those extra swings in, you know, afterwards whatever it is, we're going to be able to accommodate anything that we're going to see speed bump wise when it comes to classes and our schedule from a team practice standpoint. Now we'll mm. give our, our university, a lot of props. We've created an athletic block. And so okay. the way that it's supposed to work um, now, granted, again, upper electives can kind of still throw some monkey wrenches in it, but mm. the way it's supposed to work is when our guys are identified as student athletes, They then go to their program advisors. The program advisors see that on their status and go, okay, we know we need to make sure that you get these classes during these times of the day, because you're going to have your team practice during this time. So So, huge. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's massive. And, and, you know, our guys get prior to registration every semester, Mm -hmm. whether it's fall or spring, they they're able to, and that's the program advisors working with them to make sure they can put everything in their queue that they need. So when it does come time to register, it's just copy paste submit mm. and and we're ready to rock and roll so we don't miss a ton we do miss like i said every now and then because it's a you know it's it's a an older guys issue not so much the young guys um, mm. but you know they know our program at that point they know what our expectations are they should be able to be adults and, and be professional enough to mm-hmm. understand what extra work they need to get done to make sure they're staying staying on on track and, and moving forward
0: so can you walk me through like what the day-to-day is looking like right now you said you're hopping into Week two of the fall?
1: Yes, sir. That's yeah. correct. So we've got, you know, the way that our the NEIA works, you know, you're obviously given, just like the NCAA, you're given a certain number of weeks to, to have certain number of practices or hours or whatever the case might be. But, you know, a typical, you know, day in the life of, of a student athlete in our program, especially now, uh, mm-hmm. considering we've got team practices going on, you're going to have your weight room session sometime in the morning. Uh, you know, we've got a few different blocks that we we put our guys in, so it's not just all forty of them in in there at one one given time. We we do like to make sure that our strength and conditioning coaches can have eyes on on everybody. Um, so yeah. we we kind of break them up a little bit there. They're going to go through most of their their classwork up until about noon or one, and then we're on the field at three, and and we get after it till about six six thirty or so, and and uh, they're off uh, you know on their way to studying later that night, uh, getting some extra work mm-hmm. in baseball-wise that night if they don't need to, to worry about studying too much. Um, maybe they might have an evening class. Our university doesn't really do a, a ton of those things, but maybe mm-hmm. every so often you do. Um, our flight guys might have a flight block that night, so they, they might be up in the air um, later at that night. night.
0: They're oh, flying yeah, at night.
1: Absolutely. Yes, sir. No Ooh. doubt. Yeah, we've got flight blocks all throughout the day. It's uh, Oh, dang. Yeah, it, it, it's awesome. Um, no, but they that's a typical day in the life of, uh, of our guys. Um, you know, it's a Monday through Friday kind of deal. We we try to give them the weekends to, you know, recover, um, active recovery. We, we refer to it as, um, mm. you know, some of them will obviously get together on the field, do some stuff on their own, but that's, you know, th- that's their own deal at that point.
0: Is that a choice that you guys make, or is that a restriction that you guys have?
1: Uh, in terms of, you know, when, when we practice, like the, a Monday through the blocking off of
0: the weekends specifically. Yeah,
1: sure. Uh, you know, I, I think from, you know, we do scrimmages on Saturdays every now and then, right. We're going to, we're going to scrimmage some, some local JCs. Uh, what we like to do is give our guys again, just, just time. Um, mm. You know, they, they may need the extra time to study uh, because it is a, a challenging university. So mm-hmm. they might need that Saturday and Sunday to work on some projects, um, you know, but they can still get out to the field and, you know hit for an hour uh you know you know do some long toss for for an hour like it's but they can do it at their own pace they they yeah. don't have to it, it's not something where okay we're all going to show up at this time to do these things personally you know i i like the idea of um creating adulthood while, while they're here uh you know if we feel like we have to take somebody and grab them by the hand and say okay we're going to walk you to this class and then mm-hmm. we're going to walk you over to this other class over here. And then, oh, by the way, we got practice. We're going to walk you over to the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're in trouble, right? Cause we're, we want to make sure that we're creating uh, the future leaders of, of our, of our world, of our, of our, you know, whether it's the U S globally, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to give them opportunities to be adults. Mm-hmm. But we, we can't just walk them through the whole thing and, and just smooth out that pavement and say, all right, man, here it is. Nice and easy. Go, go, go have fun with it. Yep. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, they walk out in the real world on day one, they get slapped in the face and they go, what, what is this? What, what happened? Yeah. Um, so giving them the opportunity to, to create uh, moments where they can be adults and say, I know I need to get to the field and do X, Y, and Z. Um, mm-hmm. I need to work on certain things. So I'm going to make sure I do that on Saturday. I'm going to call a couple of buddies, a couple teammates and we're going to get together and, and do these things on our own that's awesome that that creates the the professionalism the 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 adult side of things Uh, i think it creates more investment even Mm -hmm. imagine like you you know if if we had to have practice mandatory practice all seven days a week we can't obviously that's that's a violation but if we were to do do that kind of a a thing and set that up in place there's the only investment they're making is just to make sure they show up yeah there there is no i want to I want to make sure that I'm doing this because my teammates are going to need me at some point in time this spring to mm. come through and, and, and perform in the clutch. And if I don't take my own personal time to make an investment for my ability to grow as a player, mm. what, you know, what's that going to look like in, in the spring? You know, you're just going to show up to the field and do your thing for two hours and okay, we're, that, that, that's it. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. If you want to be really successful, not just on a baseball field, but obviously, you know, in life too.
0: Yeah. I guess I'll backtrack a little bit. Cause I, I t- said earlier how uh like spending all day uh in the cages or something like that could be a little detrimental. Uh, and although it can, you still want to be the type of person that wants to put in that extra time. Like you said, you know, using your personal time for something like that, because you want to get better so so i'll just clarify there that's that's like something i wanted to you know uh clear up i guess um now now this question it's been hanging in my head for the last five minutes now um have you ever had a, a player like fly you
1: no not yet uh oh. i uh <laughs> um that's gotta be you know, exciting trust, though tr- trust is big with me um you know yeah it, <laughs> it's something that is definitely uh you know grows over time. Um, mm-hmm. I would imagine at some point, some kid, you know, one of our players is, is going to eventually hit me upside the head enough and I'll go, you know what? I, yeah. I, 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 trust you. Um, Cause at the end of the day, they're going to be flying me in that big old Southwest jet at some point. So I, I guess I, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. I need to somehow um, get a little more comfortable with, with us and the Cessnas, but um, yeah, mm. no, it's uh I will at one point and when I do, I will call you immediately. Once we, once we land yeah, yeah. and I'll let you know how the experience went.
0: Ooh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever been in a plane that small. Do you, have you ever even been in a plane that small, let alone with uh, one of your players? Cause no, sir. I,
1: you know, I've been in those prop planes, you know, that, that hmm. some of the uh, commercial, you know, companies have, but that's, that's about it. I mean, you still feel somewhat comfortable in those. Yeah. So getting yeah. in something that small, like a Cessna, I, I mean, I, I know it'll. I know I'll do it at some point. When? Yes. we Will. Yeah. That that comfortability piece for me hasn't quite hasn't quite gotten there yet.
0: Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't hurt to wait a few years until uh, one of your former players is a commercial pilot, like you said. There you, you go. Yes. Yeah. 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 That wouldn't hurt. That wouldn't hurt. Yes, sir. Uh, no doubt. No. Yeah. I actually didn't even really understand. Um, I came across this via social media. Uh, how long it actually takes to go from oh, I'm in you know pilot school or whatever it is to getting to that level of commercial pilot, like lead pilot on a commercial airline. I did not understand like, how long that process is. Um, but I guess, you know, that doesn't really matter if like, you know, that's what you're majoring in. Right. <laughs>
1: like, absolutely. No, it's uh, the amount of hours they have to get up in the air is uh, yeah. For lack of mm. a better word, it's pretty astronomical. Um, yeah. and <laughs> actually, but what's what's unique about our university too, is we, we demand more. So, you, okay. you go to certain, if you look at certain uh, flight programs at universities throughout the country, you know, they're going to have, okay, you got to meet this, this many hours in the air to get your, uh, your degree, your certificate, your, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. For us, we actually demand more. And that's one of the big reasons why we are so successful with placing our, our students, you know, that, that do get that degree um, and get them streamlined to larger companies real quick. Mm. You know, I remember my first day actually on campus, I was at a soccer, was it a scrimmage? Our women's soccer team was was scrimmaging somebody and, you know, random kid pops, pops over. I'm just kind of just shaking hands, doing all that good stuff, just meeting people, just trying to get a feel for the university. Mm. And I was asking this kid, like, "Are are you, you know, what do you do?" He's like, "Oh, I'm I'm a, I'm a pilot, or I'm going to pilot, you know, being a going to be a pilot." I'm like, that's that's great, man. He said, "You're you're still here? Like, are you finishing up anything? You know, do you have classes?" He's like, "No, I'm I'm just finishing up my hours." He said, "Classes are done. I just got to finish up my hours, but Jet Blue's already hired me. I just got to make sure I get all this stuff taken care of, and then then they'll they'll send me out to the Northeast, and and I'll I'll get to the hub and and start flying planes at that point." I was just. OK, and he's that's, he's young, that's, that's too. Right. On.
0: And yeah. he's got to be really young, too.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. He's, you know, 22, 23 years old. <sighs> just just ready to, to take on the world then at that point. So, Jeez. yeah, pretty, pretty unique, pretty cool.
0: Will that ever uh, occur where you have a player where he is done with his classes and just needs to fill his flight hours? Or is that not a possibility? Does he have to be enrolled in classes uh, in order to like be on the team still and compete?
1: Sure. You still need to be enrolled um, in some, some form or, uh, you know, fashion in terms of classes. Um, But what, what will happen, what does tend to happen Mm. is you might get a kid. So he graduates in may um, does that whole thing, but a lot of the pilots sometimes will have to go, okay, I still need to be here for maybe another month or two and Mm. finish up whatever hours I haven't accumulated yet at that point in time. And then they're, and they're off doing their thing um, oh you know, okay one guy there is one guy he um he graduated in may but he got here behind he already when he transferred in he was way behind hours wise hmm. so he's spending this entire fall semester catching up on that stuff so he's okay. not taking any classes um all he's doing is just flying and, and making sure that his hours are, are where they need to be he should be done here relatively soon but um yeah that does happen from time to time general students student athletes they're all in that that kind of boat at times
0: interesting so so yeah he was flying pretty much while catching up on classes i guess that's Mm -hmm. that's pretty unique and he was a transfer so where did he transfer from
1: he was at a jc up in the northwest uh he was a he was an nwac guy um and uh yeah he, he 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 was already doing some pilot stuff while he was there but because of the resources uh, at, at that that JC, he just wasn't able to get up enough times um, to be able to get the hours that he needed to, to stay on track every year. And so mm-hmm. he got to our institution, started to get the catch up going, but just wasn't able to fully get there by the time he was done and, and then graduated. So um, mm-hmm. he had to sit back for a little while longer. Um, I'm trying to remember, was it Alaska Airlines? Alaska Airlines had hired him. And um, he was just basically kind of, all right, let me get these hours, get these hours, get these hours, get these hours. And then, Mm. yeah, he'll finally finish up here relatively soon and go fly for Alaska.
0: So generally, um, if you're getting a transfer from anywhere and they're not in some sort of aeronautical program beforehand, um, if they want to transfer in and start doing something with aeronautics is that going to be more difficult if they don't have any previous experience or is that even possible? Cause I'm thinking I, you know, I was a junior college guy, but I had credits that would transfer over. Sure. So, so like, have you had a situation like that or is that something maybe you stay away from in terms of the transfer sort of um, like aspects of like players that you find?
1: Sure. I, you know, it doesn't, doesn't deter us away from bringing somebody in um yeah what we do is we obviously identify okay are, are is this something you really want to do like you want to be a pilot you know you had obviously we're all i i changed what cereal is going to eat just a second ago like i was going to go with yeah. with, <laughs> to go with some honey bunches of oats and i i went i went a different direction so we get it like life life changes our our aspirations mm-hmm. change and depending upon where you are within that transfer process, you know, if, if you're, you know, typically if you're a JC guy, right, you're, you got your two years, uh, mm. maybe have your AA, whatever it might be. Um, if you've never done any piloting, any, mm. like, just not scratched the surface at all, you're completely green coming into this institution, what we will then tell guys is, hey, you're going to get your degree done. You'll be able to get that part done in a timely, timely fashion. But the hours that you're going to have to accumulate to finally get to a status where our institution will stamp you and say, Yep, you're good. You can go fly for whoever, that's going to take some extra time. So you'll, you'll still be on campus, um, you know, finishing that that side of it up, but you'll be done with your degree. The the actual classes and and, and that kind of stuff will, will be taken care of. Mm. Um you know, always, if there's one piece of advice we give for anybody. And that could be an incoming freshman, that could be a transfer. And they're already in that mindset. I want to be a pilot. That's just what I want to do in my life. Um, And I've already started working towards it. Great. Keep at it. Get your private pilot's license before you get here. And if you do that, Hmm. you're so far ahead from an hour's perspective that we need you to be able to fill, to be able to get that stamp of approval from us, Hmm. um, that you're your pavement through the, the the program is is a lot more paved than than somebody that comes in just completely green and the amount of hours they have to do doesn't mean as a f- true freshman it's not possible it, obviously it is that we get guys in and out in four years um, but if there's something that I would always try to help guys with it's it's that uh, it's that idea of getting that private pilot's license before they they step foot on our campus
0: so um, in theory a player can have pretty low hours or. Like you said, not enough hours, um, but can still graduate. Um, like technically, graduate with the degree in hand, right?
1: Absolutely, that's, that's still possible.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay. Um,
1: yeah, it's kind of a unique thing, right? I mean, it's not something you normally yeah. <laughs> really get uh, from from a lot of institutions, but yeah, you you can you know get your degree and and, and again, you're not going to be able to fly for anybody because you don't have the hours yet.
0: But yeah, yeah. You no, know,
1: at that point, you start to because. Granted, you're you're gonna have certain flight blocks mm-hmm. and you're gonna have classes that you're gonna to need to take. Well, sometimes those classes might interfere with an additional time frame that you might be able to get up in the air. So mm. it is very, I won't say traditional, but it does happen, especially if you just come in completely green as a student or a student athlete, mm. where you're gonna find yourself going, okay, my degree's done. I took all the classes, I, I did everything I needed to do. But because of maybe some of that time that I needed to be in the classroom, I wasn't able to get up in the air. And mm-hmm. now I'm going to, now I'll be able to utilize that additional time and mm-hmm. the hours just start really rolling at, at that point. And like I said, it's, it may take some extra weeks um, once you're done, grad, you know, once you've graduated with a diploma in your hand to be able to get that stamp of approval to go start working for somebody, but mm-hmm. it's done really quickly uh, because now you don't have, you got nothing else to worry about all you have to worry about is just yes. to the the you know the flight line and, and getting up in the air
0: um if we could go back to uh the fall you said you scrimmage a couple of junior colleges right yes sir so how does that look um in terms like are you guys scrimmaging yourselves as well because obviously during a fall you know you got to you know, somewhat shape the team, um, yeah, but but it sounds like you guys get some freedom to play other teams as well. Do you have a goal for how many teams you want to play or how many weekends you're trying to play and how many scrimmages you're trying to uh, play against uh, yourselves as well?
1: Sure. You know, we try to do, every year is going to be different. Um, you okay. Know, kind of, you know, we're going way back to where we talk about, you know, building yeah. the ball. Each, each group is going to be different. They're going to step in to the fall at a certain point in their, in their development Um, Mm. you know, we, we happen to have a little bit more of an older group this year. So we were able to take ourselves and and put ourselves in a position to where we do some live AB situations, um, early on in fall, as opposed to maybe in the years past where we Mm. shied away from that and didn't do that quite as, as early in our our fall program. Um, we're getting, we're getting looks there, which is obviously really big for, for both, right. For both the pitcher and the hitter to be able to, to just physically see something that that's happening that we've been working on. Um, but yeah. then from an inter-squad standpoint, yeah, we, we try to, we try to get after at least once a week um, mm-hmm. is always a goal of ours, whether it's, you know, during the week, Monday through Friday, or if it is maybe an additional Saturday that we just want to inter-squad ourselves and, and get some more, more at-bats, more opportunities for guys. Scrimmaging local or local schools or scrimmaging just JCs, you know, in, in totality, Ideally, you know, if we can at least get three, you know, three of those games in, um, I think that gives us some some good feedback. We try to wait. We try to make it more later because, again, we want want to make sure that we've grown and developed, whether it's with the drills that we're doing, some of the team stuff that we do. Mm. Uh, you, know, you wouldn't want to just, you know, scrimmage Yavapai College on day one. <laughs> that would, wouldn't probably work out very well for any of us. <laughs> um, but at the same yeah. time, yeah, we, we, we do want to make sure that we're facing other guys. Cause it's, it's one thing to be able to, you know, see the same teammate over and over again in the batter's box uh, mm-hmm. or on the mat. It's another thing to be able to see somebody in a different uniform. You've never seen them before in your life. And now all of a sudden you got to compete against that individual. So there, yes. there is definitely that that we want to, we want to get after. Um, and so whether it's three, maybe four times during the course of the fall, um, that, that's usually a good goal for us from a scheduling standpoint. And then, you know, the rest of the weeks are, are ours to be able to develop.
0: So if the team is younger, how would it change? Um, uh, because I remember you saying you have an older team.
1: Sure. I think when you're younger, there's certain philosophies, certain key aspects of what we want to instill in in our program that you know, okay. guys just haven't they're coming from a different program, right? They're coming from a high school, they're coming from a, a JC, they're they're bouncing back from another four-year, whatever it is they have been given different information to create who they are and, mm, yes. and how that person interacts within the confines of the, of the program that they were a part of. Mm. Now all of a sudden they're in something brand new and they're having to learn, they're having to adapt, they're having to figure things out. So it does take time, at least in our opinion, it, it does take time for that process to fully develop to where a guy can show up on a given day for a practice or even an inner squad and mm. know what's set setup, where to go, How's going to you know how the flow is going to happen? Yeah. Um, what are the expectations? You know that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it does help when you have older guys are able to create that maturity a little bit quicker for the younger dudes. But you know if we're just brand new, uh, and we were not too long ago, and we brought in nothing but a lot of freshmen, and we because we just love that process of seeing guys develop over a four year you know plan in a sense. And that first year we we scrimmaged once. Uh, only because we just knew we had so much material to to get through and, and to talk about and to mm. uh, really just kind of manifest into our, our program um, yeah we we couldn't just show up that very first Saturday in our first team week and, and go hey we're ready to ready to get after Yavapai we're ready to get after Gateway we're ready to get after you know Glendale like it just wouldn't it just wouldn't have worked um, right I mean, you're learning regardless, but it would have been probably a little bit more demoralizing for for our guys knowing how far away they were at that point um, than, you know, than helping. So, you mm-hmm. know, it is definitely a uh, a feeling out process um, that you I do sure. throughout the course of the summer and trying to figure out what's, what's the best course of action. But I think we're in a, a point now in our program where we're probably going to be pretty consistent with yeah, we're we're gonna play you know three scrimmages against three different JCs, um, mm-hmm. and that's a an adequate amount of reps for our guys, uh, live reps for our guys, and
0: uh, an
1: overall exposure for
0: our guys too. So on any team, do you still have young guys though? And I want to ask about those guys specifically because, like you said, like with your young team, you you put a huge emphasis on getting them acclimated uh, to you know your program specifically. So. Can you elaborate a little bit on that, on like what specifically you like to help those young guys do or some of the uh, maybe traditions or just kind of um, procedures that you guys like to go through in your program specifically to help those young guys uh, just get used to what it's like being at Embry-Riddle?
1: Sure. Um, you know, part of it is you you treat them the same as you treat the fifth-year senior. Uh, mm. You know, there there's your you're not babying them, you know, right out of the gate. Uh, you're, you're treating them like an adult. And I think having that initial conversation and that initial approach, it, it gets the kid to kind of go, Oh, okay. Well, this is we're, we're in college baseball. Okay. Let, let, yeah. let, let's figure this out. Um, and, yes. and so I think that's kind of the, the first step. And then we're big on you know, I, I, I've, I've taught lecture classes. Uh, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough. I have a master's degree and I've been able to do that in, at previous schools that I've, I've coached at, I've been able to teach as well. And that's just who we are. You know, a, a coach is a teacher. And so for us, we teach the game. We, we, we teach it with the drills we do. We we teach it with, the you know, live action that they get, you know, whether, whether it's, you know, live ABs, whether it's, uh, a scrimmage and inner squad, you name it, but there's all these opportunities for learning. And so my and our staff's ability to be able to take a young guy, take a freshman, um, and be able to watch him perform, whether it's a drill or anything else, mm-hmm. and be able to then have a conversation with that kid and be able to identify, not yell and scream, oh, you did that wrong, you're an idiot. You're what are you doing? <laughs> um, it, it's not that, it is okay that's where you're at right now so let's let's peel this onion back a little bit what 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 are we what are we seeing what did you see what are you feeling as a player how did you approach that what's and just in the conversations and again just treating them like like they're a fifth year senior having conversation and and treating them that way it's Mm -hmm. amazing how fast they grow uh you know we've we've been very fortunate um i think yeah, both years that we've we've competed, we've had either had a the freshman of the year in our conference, mm. um, or had the the they call a the newcomer of the year, um, yeah. somebody who's new as well. So you know we've been able to acclimate guys pretty dang quickly in our program because mm. a we, we treat them like like adults and we treat them like their fifth year guys, um, and b we actually have conversations with them. We're we're there to to help them learn and grow and and teach them, not just tell them nope that's wrong and then walk away and just hope that they figure you know that we there's a growing process and a communication process and our our older guys embody that same mentality that we do they're going to yes. go hey listen in order for us to be good right in order for for us to be really really good you can't be bad <laughs> you know you, we got to keep you going big guy like we we got to get you acclimated um yes, yes. You know, it be, because at any point in time we're all going to be called upon to to do something in this game during the course of the spring season so if we don't get you acclimated and you're not prepared when you walk in you know on a game in in april to to you know help us out win a ball game mm-hmm. that's on all of us that's not just on you know on the coaching staff that's not just on the player that's on the program
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and when you start to think that way and 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 Uh, truly invest that kind of way with that kind of perspective. Um, Older guys do a great job of, of kind of taking the kid, you know, the young guys under their wing, so to speak, and, and saying, Hey, this is the way that we go about our business. This is how we do things. Um, Our older guys do a phenomenal job off the field. Hmm. Uh, You know, they have, they have the young guys over for dinners. They, they do such a really cool job of getting them to, to open up, and, and be more, again, part of the team as, as fast as possible. Um, it, it doesn't just end once once practice is over or, you know, during that practice block. It, it's, there's so many more opportunities for us to be able to, you know, to be able to get these young guys to, to understand what we're trying to do. We even mm-hmm. do in the way, we want to make sure that we have older guys that are, you know, kind of not necessarily partnered up with young guys, but they're in the same building, they're in the same room, they're in the same small group yes. as the young guys are, because now, again, well, what what can we give these guys? What kind of tutelage can we give these guys throughout the course mm. of this process to help acclimate them as, as fast as possible? So then mm. uh, there's a lot more. We we could probably talk for hours about how <laughs> how we get, how we do this kind of stuff. But it's mm. it's definitely a mindset that, you know, again, I, I don't care if you're a freshman, true freshman. I don't care if you're a fifth year senior. We're going to treat you all the same. And by doing that, it just encourages everybody to, to kind of approach the the game and the team the same way.
0: And I think the take home, at least for me, I know from uh, the player perspective, like I've definitely gone through stages of accepting that and opening up to that. Um, And part of that is because of the environment that I'm in, I feel more welcome to do that, but also it's the player saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be on the same wavelength as you. I'm going to accept that this is how you're going to conduct um, the communication side of it, or uh, this is how you like to coach me, or um, we're going to, we're going to find some compatibility here. You know, it's, it's impossible if if the player themselves is not going to accept that as well. But like you said, as well, um, the environment uh, can really help a player accept that. And uh, yeah, that's funny. Like uh, talking about the fifth years, uh, having them over for dinners and stuff, like giving those young and old guys the shared experience that can definitely transform something. And also I can draw this back from like some pro experience stuff too. When you put everyone on like the same level, it makes everyone feel so much more at ease as opposed to when you have that established sort of hierarchy sort of feel where it feels like, oh, like my opinion doesn't matter as much or I I can't say anything because I'm not up there. And uh, I don't know, I feel like it is a lot more... um, respectful and like cohesive and, and really just uh, makes it for a better day-to-day life when it feels like everyone is on the same playing field. So.
1: Oh, I, absolutely. There, there's a, we always tell our, our freshmen at the end of uh, our, our fall, we do fall meetings, just like we would do at the end of at the end of the spring. But we tell them like, Hey dude, you're a sophomore now. Like you, you've gone through enough of our program that you shouldn't, you should not look at yourself as a freshman at this point in time, like we we've done hmm. so much work and done so many things together, and put you in situations that we would put a fifth year senior in. That from a you know from just a, a rep standpoint and and you know what you've done, why why shouldn't you feel any different? You should feel like hmm. you're a sophomore now, like you've been through a little bit. You know, Granny haven't been through a full spring season, but man, everything we've done it's it's all been inclusive. So yeah. yeah, I'm a part of this thing, man. This is, this is great.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes all it takes is for that player to hear you say that, say, Hey, you're well, ready. You're ready, dude. And you're like, "Absolutely." wait, really? You think I'm ready? Oh, okay. Maybe I am ready. All right. <laughs> like I know no, that yeah. that would happen to me sometimes. Like, Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't Maybe I can do this. I haven't done it yet. We'll see. And then the coach will be like, you're ready. I've seen this before. like you're ready (laughs) you guys are so interesting um now i'll try to like flip this on its head a little bit uh because we're talking about young guys getting acclimated um is there something that you've seen in in all of your experience by the way uh that young guys do poorly where you're like okay (laughs) we're gonna make this a real big point of emphasis you know like it's just a something that you're gonna have to uh adapt to or change um in in how you go about things and you know maybe it's a really common thing and it's that's okay by the way if if you do this as a young guy but is, is there something you've noticed like in your experience that is very common uh in um like a young guy's failure to to acclimate themselves to the college environment
1: oh I, absolutely when you <laughs> you first walk on uh to you know our campus you're in the first team meeting that first week um your your level of communication is is like your your. I'm sorry. What
0: was that? Say <laughs> what, what was that? Can you say that louder? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Can we push up that decibel a little bit? Um, yeah. You know the the communication side of it. I think to me is that's the number one hurdle. The you know guys come in, especially true freshmen. They come in and mm. like you said, they think there's a hierarchy. They 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 just in their own mind that is what they visualize college baseball college life like yep. you're just supposed to show up and the seniors are just supposed to throw you in the trash can and and say yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, is, like that like that's supposed to be it so I'm gonna keep my mouth shut I'm not gonna say a word I'm not gonna tell anybody anything I'm just gonna mm-hmm. go ahead and just do my thing stay quiet yeah. um, and and we you know, one of the first things we do in the first team weeks, we do pop-up priority. And, and it's just like, you got to get your voice out, dude. You, you, you got to start yelling, screaming, doing all those things. Um, and, and so it's, we do have avenues to help foster that and create more of an environment where they start getting more comfortable using their voice and, and, and using their, their adult voice. Um, You know, I like to a lot of times in the on the field, uh, yell out, you know, is, is this a library? Like I didn't realize we're in the library today. Like it's, we're yeah, not yeah, yeah. hearing anything. Um, and, and it does take, you know, some reps before they finally get, get acclimated. But, um, you know, again, I think keeping it, um, as a, as a coach, right. Cause again, I could, I could bark at him. I could scream at him. I could yell at him. What's probably going to happen is they're going to probably continue to get further and further away and go, Oh no, I don't want to say anything, but, if we have it in a conversational kind of way or even in a joking kind of way like oh man way to use your your, your muzzled voice man that was awesome great job yeah yeah you know, they, yeah they start to go okay we're kind of we're laughing about this a little bit um and it just that comfortability right that mm-hmm. oh this is a safe space i can actually be a normal human being and and mm-hmm. be a normal member of this baseball program and i'm not going to have a senior yelling at me because I I voiced an opinion about something. Um, that's that's the environment that we we create and we really work on because that is more times than not that's the biggest hurdle that we 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 have with uh, with incoming freshmen. I, I think that's I mean everywhere I've been that that's always been the uh, the issue.
0: I feel like those uh, guys who are maybe their first year players no matter no matter what age they are if they're coming into a new program and they're not afraid to speak up. I feel like that's a pretty good indicator of like a leadership quality where I'm like, hmm, he's not afraid to speak up. That's pretty rare, actually. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And oh, I got was- to, I got to ask though how, how that bleeds into recruiting because you've, when you recruit those kids and you're like, okay, yeah, I, I like that player and he looks pretty comfortable out there on the field, like you're probably thinking, like, yeah, once we get him comfortable at our place, like he'll be fine too. But like you said, there's kind of that, like you get in, you get a little more timid uh so uh like does that though like does that uh impact like when you look at guys like just their level of uh comfortability or communication like it might be a little bit tough to see like just in games um but like maybe when you are on phone calls or something like that um with those high school players yeah
1: absolutely jack i I think um you see it both right you you see it in the conversations you have over the phone um you -hmm. know and just you you can get off the phone and you, you, you you know, I'll look at one of our assistants or um, I'll look at my wife and I'll I'll go, I just talked to an adult. Like Mm -hmm. we, we just, we we had an adult conversation. Like he was, he had some wittiness about him. He, you know, there, there wasn't the, the crackle over the phone because they were just so, you know, so you know nervous and and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, But then that's, that could also mean, you know, just because you're you're you've got your voice crackling and you're kind of wavering a little bit, you're you're not fully, you know, confident in what you're saying. Um, I've been in those shoes too. And and you may feel that way when, when you're, you know, trying to impress somebody. So we also like to see it on the field. And the way that I like to describe it, you know, it, it's easy when when life's going good. Uh, you know, pitchers dealing, um, you know, you're three for four, whatever it is, like, hey, yeah. that's cool, man. I think we can all high five and be happy at that point. Uh, but it's, it's when you're dealing with adversity. Um, how do you present yourself? You know, you just booted a ground ball. You're the shortstop. You just booted a ground ball. Is your chest still out? You know, are, is your chest still out? Are you ready to make the next play mm-hmm. or kind of like soak down a little bit and yeah. oh man, I don't know. I mean, this is going to be a bad inning for me. Um, so yeah. it's those kind of things, just that that, that initial response to adversity that that you see from guys that will kind of dictate for us too you know hey okay maybe he wasn't great on the phone but look at the way he carries himself on the field all right cool so if, if we just gotta that person's the, the the person that you know we'll eventually talk to on the phone we just gotta get that phone call a little more a little more comfortable and mm-hmm. and we'll be okay um but yeah there, there's definitely times where they hit home runs on both sides of it and you're just like okay that this is a This is slam dunk for us. If we don't have this guy in our program, we we did something wrong on the recruiting side.
0: And how fast does that timeline uh, move? Um, Maybe actually, I guess I should ask, what does a typical timeline look like when you're um, first seeing a player and then all the way to saying like, hey, we want you in our program?
1: Sure. there's Everyone's timeline, I think, is a little bit different. And I I think it's based on when, when you see guys. So, you know, if it's somebody that we see early enough in their their high school career, mm-hmm. then we might string this relationship on a little bit because we just want to make sure that the maturity continues. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we call it the upward trend. They're still showing that upward trend. Um, and so that that timeline might be a little bit longer with, with, with that said individual. Um, now, if it's... And everybody pops at certain times, right? So, oh yeah, a dude could pop late spring, right? All of a sudden, you know, we we actually had this last year, and one of our uh, one of our recruits last year, Hmm. he was a guy that was just kind of you know steady Eddie in a sense, and all of a sudden, you know, in in March and April, um, you know, we we start seeing like some huge jumps, and well, shoot, man, we're getting kind of close to the end of end of this. Into of the cycle here like we should be feeling out who we who we need to have coming in um so that timeline moved a lot quicker because okay we we saw what we needed to see at that point um and we're able to to move quicker what what's fortunate with us in our institution um because every academic institution kind of deals with admissions a little bit differently yeah we are very similar to um we're very similar to a traditional four-year that's not so much on the academic side of things in terms of we have rolling admissions. So yeah. instead of, there was a previous place I was at where there were certain deadlines, right? Like you had to apply by this date, had to apply by that date. And if you didn't and you popped late and we really liked you and wanted you to apply and we looked in and said, oh shoot, he hadn't applied yet. We're out of the race. We're not, we're not going to get that kid. So we're mm-hmm. fortunate that we can, we can see a kid late may and go man he's i don't know what happened but like over the course of the last three three months this dude just really just took off mm-hmm. we still have an opportunity to get that guy not only on campus but to be able to get him you know committed and, and signed sealed all that good stuff within a very short time frame so mm-hmm. uh, so i think it 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 just depends you know where where you're at obviously you could you could watch a guy maybe one time and go that's a dude like he's he has everything about him that that he needs to be successful at the next level um but you still don't want to you don't necessarily just do it off of that one that one initial uh you know uh, tournament or you know whatever it is workout that you saw him you mm-hmm. still want to to see him at least a, a few more times and um as long as they're showing that upward trend then 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 life's great
0: I feel like the consistency part, like you said, having to see guys a couple of times has got to be pretty important because, I, I mean, now, especially with the media, you know, you got Twitter and everything like that. You see it can post, you know, some some highlights from a tournament. It's like, that's all well and good, but, you know, is that the only time you're going to put up those kinds of numbers? Not, not that, like, he can't display something, you know, valuable, but it's like, that doesn't help me like all the way to the point where i'm gonna make an offer you know like i sure. feel like a lot of younger players are expecting like okay yeah like i hit 90 on the gun or i hit 600 this tournament uh where's my interest all right come on bring it in and it's like
1: instant so fast, yeah instant gravitation doesn't doesn't happen in our our our, our sport right it, it just yeah. it, it uh it can't there there's a level of consistency that you have to be able to show and, mm-hmm. and yeah you know what I popped 90 that's awesome but you know what I've been sitting kind of just 85 to 87 and in this one bullpen I hey man maybe I got behind a baseball well enough and there it was it zipped out of the hand and and, and saw 90 mm-hmm. but then the next couple of weeks it just goes back to 85 to 87 again you know and so yeah. you know are you that's the hardest thing, I think, for a lot of a lot of young guys, like you're saying, to to be able to understand is, OK, you did it once. That's great. But I need to know if you can do it multiple times. Yeah, because if you can do it multiple times, like, well, that was your one. That was it. Like, well, we didn't use that. That wasn't we can't use that anymore. Um, yeah. So it's it's definitely something you have to just like the development of a player when they're when they're in a program. You know, you're, you're you're going to take certain steps throughout the course of your your career, and it's not going to be an overnight success kind of deal and or linear. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. definitely, definitely the two steps not forward, that. one step back, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, dang it, man, what what happened? I felt great, great today. Uh, yeah. We actually had that conversation with with our team uh, last week, where you know we we got done and said, hey, man, there, you know, throughout the course of this week, think about how how many good days you had, but also think about how many bad days you had and you know your hope is is that all five days are great and you just keep doing that over and over and over and over again in in the course but guess what there's going to be some bad ones and Mm -hmm. and the ability to be able to identify them and and move forward from them are are crucial but the recruiting process is is very similar You, you you show us one thing that's great that's awesome can you do it again because at the end of the day, like we have a three-game series, and if you're a position player, you need to be able to compete all three. You know, we, we can't have you just compete one game and then go, well, coach, that that's it. I just I got you know you got my one bolt. Uh, that, mm-hmm. That's all I got. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna need more from from a guy to to be successful in our the course of our season. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's definitely challenging our our society and and how it works with athletics. There's definitely this this clash because it it's not the knee jerk reaction to society today does not bode well for for athletics in terms of development of players and, mm. and how they're able to, to move on in their careers. So yeah, um, even the recruiting process too.
0: So uh, from that role as um, someone who does plenty of recruiting, um, how do I want to word this? So maybe not aside from talent, but it, in your experience, has there been something that commonly shows up that, will hold you back from pulling the trigger on a player and saying like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for this guy? Like, is there, is there like maybe like a final step that uh, usually players that who you have interest in, um, they, they need to kind of get over the hump um, in some aspect in order for you to say like, yes, I'm ready. Like, is there anything uh, like that? I'm, tr- I'm trying to describe it really well, but sure. like, does anything come no. to mind when I describe it in that way?
1: Absolutely. So we, we have a phrase, um, we don't mm-hmm. just recruit great players. We recruit great people. Yeah. And when you, when you have that mindset when you're going into the recruiting process, I mean, what, what's the percentage still so about 10% of high school seniors move on to four-year levels. So there's like, we're looking for reasons to scratch you off our list. Like that's, that's how, how this process works on our end too. Yeah. Um, so the, the great player like we can all see great players and go yeah good player great player that we're all seeing the same thing there yeah but for me the the great person piece that's what ultimately uh, makes a, a a team environment at our level with us a positive experience for for all of us um you know you want to you want to enjoy who you work with right i mm-hmm. mean and And these 18 to 22 year olds, that's who we're working with every single day. So Mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we're enjoying that process as, as a a coaching staff. Um, So if, if they're a great player, but you get them in a team environment and they're just jerks, if it's the me, 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 me attitude, the, you know, I'll I'll play really well when it's great, but again, throw me some adversity and I'm going to go over here and hang out in the corner and hope life just kind of passes me by. Mm. um, those are the guys that we, we don't want in our program. You know, we, we don't want those types of mentalities and, and, uh, and, you know, just the way they carry themselves. Like that, that's not, that's not who we are. That's not who we <laughs> want in our program. Um, so I love, and I'm obviously, I'm wearing some gear right now. Um, but what I love to do is, is I love to go to a, an event and just wear normal street clothes, uh, and yeah yeah and try to, you know, throw the hat on a different hat, like just things yep. that, you know uh we, we joke like there's i'm sure there's a beard that i can throw on to make it look really weird you know that kind of stuff oh, right man, that'd be hilarious <laughs> so we would we we like to do that and we like to then go watch the kid play because it's it's easy when you know hey uh this school is is there to watch me because i can see you know see the logo on the on the uh you know the shirt the hat the whatever yeah Easy to play in front of people like that. It's easy to have great effort, great energy, be a great teammate. All those things are easy. It's when you have no idea that some dude is sitting back there behind mom and dad with a stopwatch in their pocket. They can't see it. It's there, though. And they didn't bring any bags with them, nothing. They just know they're just going to sit there and stay glued to you and see every action that you're making, every movement you're making, every interaction you make with a teammate and a coach. And that's what they're judging you on that day. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you went three for four, whatever. I actually prefer you to go over four that day, quite honestly, because I <laughs> because I want to know. You're not the I first guy that said you. that, by the way. <laughs> but but I want to know who you are. Yeah. Like, are you, do you go over four and then decide when you go out to the field to kind of just barely go through the motions and carry that weight with you out there? And now all of a sudden you're a step too late to a baseball and, or you throw one away because you're, you're angry and you're just going to take it out on this baseball because it was mean to you when you're at bat, you know, like whatever it is, you, you can't have, you can't have that type of mentality or, or that type of emotional Instability and yeah. somehow be able to be successful because, guess what? As you know, every level that you go doesn't get easier, it actually goes the other way, it gets much harder. So, if you are having a hard time at this level playing high school baseball, I don't care what college program you're going to go to, best of luck, bud, because it's probably not going to be a very pleasant experience for you. So, being able to identify your you know, and I think this goes well for anybody listening to this in terms of, you know, what what do college coaches really want? Um, we want you to be able to handle adversity like a professional and to be able to move on to the next play right then and there to mm-hmm. continue to be a great teammate. You know, um, there, there's a thing we challenge our guys. We're going to have a starting shortstop that day, right? And we're going to have a backup shortstop that day. That backup shortstop When our starting shortstop makes a play in the hole to save a run and and end an inning needs to be the first guy out of the dugout high five in that dude saying great play or same thing on, on the, uh, on the pitching side, you know, guys that are fighting for innings and some dude goes out there, you know, we're calling on a, a bullpen guy to come in, get us out of a jam and he does it every other bullpen guy better be the first dudes out there to, to congratulate that guy and go, man, Hey, great job. Even though they want to be the ones in that position to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. And we
1: want them to have that every single day they're in practice. They have to be that great teammate in the moments that they're the, they're the dude watching. And, yeah. and so the same thing goes when, when you're out there, you know, playing baseball or or, or competing, like you, I want you to be over for 4 that day. I, I want you to, you know, walk two in an inning. And, and I want to see how you react, how you react to your teammates, how you react to an umpire, how you react to, you know, the coaching staff that you're, you're there with. Um, That's Mm -hmm. going to tell me so much more about you. And yes, that's a dude for us. Or, you know what? Just another line across the kid's name and move on on the next one.
0: Yeah. And like, it's okay to want to have that position. It's totally valid. Like, Obviously you should want that. You should want the playing time. You should want to be in the big scenarios, but if you're not yet, it doesn't serve you in any way to not be a good teammate, you know, to, to be selfish first, like maybe mm-hmm. be selfish. Second or third. <laughs>
1: you know? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're, you're working your tail off to get better because in our job and, mm-hmm. and we tell our guys this, like we'll work with those reserve guys even more. Hmm. to get them to be in a spot where they're then winning the the, the starting job, like cr- create the environment that's competitive gentlemen's competitiveness, but competitive in a way where, yeah, you know what? The starters here today, but that doesn't mean that I can't be the starter next week in the next weekend series. Um, doesn't mean that my number is going to get called during the course of this game, because as we all know, attrition's everything. Not everybody plays all 162 if you're a professional player so when you go down who's stepping in and if that guy's not prepared and if he's just been sulking and i mean i'm I'm not playing today yeah jimmy went down oh my goodness where my cleats i don't even know where they are yeah Uh, you know like we 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 don't want that either so you know you've got to be in that position where yeah you know internally you're bummed because, you, you you know, you do want to be that guy out there. But, mm. hey, what what can I do to help? What, what can I do to be prepared if Jimmy does go down? I can, you know, I can I can replace and and uh, we don't skip a beat. But I'm also going to be there to help Jimmy when Jimmy's starting and go, hey, I've been noticing, you know, back pass or this way. Like, we should probably be playing in the hole more or whatever it is. You're just mm. going to be that great teammate uh, until that moment comes where your number is called and you're out there on the field. Because when that role was reversed – the expectation is that dude that was out there is going to be pulling for you the same way they were pulling or you were pulling for him prior. Uh, to.
0: Yes, yes, and I think it's kind of funny. Like you can you can tell someone's character pretty quickly like when they don't get that um, that opportunity because it is so. Instead of it being an opportunity to play, it's an opportunity to say, "All right, you need to work harder. Are you going to do it or not?" Here we go. Absolutely. Like let's see, <laughs> and like Absolutely. I've seen the guys that do it they they prepare really well they wait for their turn when they get it oh man the the lead the leash is off i mean off to the races i mean they're it, it's beautiful it's beautiful to see but funny enough i feel like it's kind of few and far between at least in my experience it has been um but i don't know maybe maybe just back to that uh delayed gratification thing that we were talking about. Like. Ha- and i'll admit when you're young like that it is kind of hard it is a little bit difficult to to trust that and to say okay my time's coming it's it's coming i just got to keep at it like
1: absolutely yeah we got we had a um uh we had a right fielder uh, well, hmm. we have multiple right fielders but we, we had a right fielder uh who ended up winning a gold glove this this past year hmm. um, and and phenomenal right fielder just great yeah, you know, obviously, obviously won a Gold Glove. He's he did did a great job out there for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the backup right fielder um, can swing it a little bit, and defensively, though, just not wasn't never really got to that that level. Obviously, um, to be able to to overtake and become the starter out there. Mm-hmm. About halfway through the season, we're still trying to figure out our DH. We're, we're not quite sure, you know. We, we kind—I of, don't want to say revolving door, but it feels kind of that way. We're just not able to get anybody to to really take that spot and run with it, and we give him the opportunity. And not only does he take it and run with it, he ends up being an all-conference dude. Um, and and so it's hmm. it's like, hey, here's a prime example of just keep working your you know what off, and eventually, I'm a big believer in karma you you create positive energy you do positive things you're always positive um, you know you're, you're willing to to work through adversity and and find ways to to make a, a positive out of it. Something's good's going to come back to you. I don't know when it, it probably won't be right then and there, right it's, it, it may yes. even be it may not even be a week from today, but at some point something's gonna come back and say you know all that hard work you're putting in all that time you're you're waiting patiently and doing all the right things and saying the right things and 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 going about it the right way. Here it is, mm-hmm. and and it's amazing how life then rewards you in in those moments. And you may not even think about it as it's happening. You're you're just like, oh, I got an opportunity, and and it, it worked out well. It it didn't. It worked out well, yes, but it worked out well for a reason. Mm-hmm. And when you can collectively go back afterwards and 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 think about things and analyze things, you can go. Yeah, well, I didn't just get a hit because there, there was obviously something that that I was doing to to help create that that scenario and that result. And now I can look back and go, yeah, you know what, I didn't give in because, as you said, it's very easy for for someone to go. That's a really good right fielder out there. I don't think I'm playing, so I guess I'll just kind of hang <laughs> yeah. out and and uh, you know, for, for for pro guys, I'll collect my check, you know, whatever it is, and and, and life's great. Um, but for some that go, no, I'm going to keep working my tail off. And when that opportunity does present itself, I'll, I'll be ready. That that karma usually does get you at that point and, and provide some pretty positive results.
0: Uh, I keep thinking about this quote now. Oh, man, I don't want to botch it. Um, I think it's failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Sure. Is that right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I always yeah. found every time I had success, um, especially at Tulane, it, I, I would like in the moment, I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm rolling, and it's because I did a pretty good job preparing. Like, oh, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I'm confident. I'm ready. Why? It's because I prepared really well. So like, that's another layer of it too. Where I'm like, okay, if I just stay prepared for whatever they're gonna throw at me, if I feel like I'm ready for the opportunity when it presents itself, I'm gonna be in a lot better of a headspace. And like you said, kind of the positive karma sort of deal. Um, trying to look at it with an optimistic. Sort of approach. I feel like that keeps you in that um, that that role of like I'm always able to prepare in some way, right? Absolutely.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. There's we use you know, the the word success. Mm-hmm. We have a one word definition for that, and, and you used it uh, the the word. It's preparation, mm. and you can only look at yourself afterwards and go, man, why wasn't I as successful as I wanted to be? Now, success is, you know, we we have to kind of go back a second and and go, okay, you can hit a ball on the screws four times, and guess what? It gets caught all four times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That sucks. But you have successful at-bats, like were you barreling up baseballs all four times? Yes, absolutely. So, hey, Mm -hmm. man, we're we're okay. It's going to find open grass at some point. But if your preparation during the course of the week is, you know what, I'm going to go through the drill, but only because I have to, I'm obligated to do it because I'm here and that's it. Well, then all of a sudden your number is called and you're not successful. And you're wondering, well, why didn't, why, why I mean, I did the drill. Mm-hmm. You told me to do the drill. I, I did the drill. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that we tell our guys, they have control over is effort. And we say, well, what was your effort in that that drill you did? maybe about 50%. Okay. Well, we wonder why our success wasn't, wasn't where it needed to be then when we were actually called upon to, you know, to, to be successful in that situation. So hmm. yeah, absolutely, man. Preparations, everything, the way that we go about our business, it's uh, yeah, there, there's, there's no, um, it's not rocket science and we actually have rocket science, but it's not, it's not yeah, rocket yeah. science. to to go hey this is why it works or hey this is why it didn't work there's a lot of captain obvious in our sport um that that presents itself and uh i think you know part of the the life learning experiences that we get from especially from team sports uh it's it's monumental if we're able to you know be able to help guys identify you know Mm. the the good the bad and how they can adjust from the bad, how they can keep the good going and and be able to put themselves in that that position where, you know, they'll be a lot more successful in life moving forward.
0: Yeah, I'm going to bring this back to the media, the social media piece, because I feel like for me, it has certainly raised my level of skepticism in terms of the actual instruction, like the individual instruction and like personal development piece, because I'll come across something on Twitter, right? Let's just take hitting, for example, you'll see people who are like pushing two completely different things, literally arguing on Twitter, like in the public saying like, Mm -hmm. no, the way you do it is wrong it is completely it's fake it doesn't work and then the other side's like what are you talking about look at this Look what i look what i've done i have results like this works and it makes me like if i'm a young player right now i'm thinking like which one's right i don't even know and like it could be hard to kind of say like okay yes um i'm confident you know in what you're trying to teach me and i I can give my full effort for that so like has that ever happened to you have you ever come across like maybe because you work with the offense too like um specifically so has that ever happened to you where you like you come across a player who's like oh I want to try this or like this this is different I know you're, you you might uh not be um teaching this right now but like I want to try this because like it's different and like I think it'll work
1: sure I <laughs> um I'm, I may be the oddball here um uh, but okay. for, me, for, for me personally um there there's no wrong way or right way to hit or I shouldn't say there's a wrong, there's a wrong way to hit because you're just not hitting very well. But sure there, in terms of how we how we teach it, how we present it, the the beautiful thing about and, and this even goes on your side as, as a pitcher, think of the the pitching coaches you've worked with and how that person might say one thing to you and it clicks, right? You're like, oh yeah. I can do this and this and boom, boom now all of a sudden you, you, the release points there, the actions there, the spins there, everything. And that same pitching coach goes to the, the guy next to you throwing a pen next to you says the same exact thing. And what happens? The release points way off. The spins, not, it's just hanging like yeah. nothing's working. Um, mm-hmm. So I've always been of, of the mindset that there's not going to, we're not going to be able to um, say the same thing twice and and get the same results with each guy. Uh, We have to be able to come up with a lot of different phrases, cues, things like that. Now, that being said, the base, right? Like what's, what are the absolutes, the absolutes of hitting and the absolutes of pitching will never change. Right. We still have to get down the hill a certain way. We still have to stay linear with our, or, our bat path, you know, whatever it is, like those things will never change, but how we discuss it and how we communicate that with each player is going to be different. Yes. And I do think it, it is, it's weird because you will find, you know, yeah, guys going back and forth. No, it's this way. It's that way. It's this. Maybe they're both right, but yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's the way that they're communicating it um, to that particular player that's getting the result that that they're looking for now you have to be me as a coach anyways i have to be humble enough and throw my ego out the window to go mm-hmm. i can't say the same thing to the same to the to this entire collection of hitters and expect them all to do this the same thing equally as as well like i i have to be in my own head go okay i might say this to this kid and he's going to dial it in, right we, we mm-hmm. were able to read Reset, refocus, and and he's back on on the right path again. Mm. But I'm gonna have to say something completely different to this dude over here, yes, because he just he just doesn't react the same way. He's got to get you know he has to be told a different way with a different phrase, and that's going to work for him. um There was a uh, I won't name the the, the coach, but there's mm. there was a, a coach that I remember guys playing for coming back. They would talk about how the dude would stay in the back of the the turtle and watch guys hit and would just say one of two phrases over and over and over again. That was it. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't deviate from it. Wouldn't change it. Um, But his way of communicating with every hitter was just to use the same two phrases and expect them to be able to figure out how that works, how that works, you know, and, and, and do it, you know, at a high level, at a high, high success rate. Mm. I just, I, I, you know, I pull my hair out. Little I have, I pull my hair out, and I, I go, man, we, 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 can't be that way. Like we, we can't, you know, hmm. we have to. There, there's a reason why, um, you know, all these different, and and pitching is is big on this now, obviously, and, and hitting is starting to get into this. But you know, the the drive lines, the treads, the, you know, we have all these different. And I'm sure there's there's a certain one that maybe you go to because it works well for you specifically. Yeah, well, it's going to work well for everybody. And there's a reason why we have all of them. You Mm -hmm. know, it's because there's going to be many ways to, to skin a cat, so to speak. And so we have to be able to, as a coach, go, I'm okay with you going and talking to such and such hitting guy. And coming back to me and saying, "Hey, Skip, this this is working. Like I, I'm able to get these results and do these things." Okay, great. Well, what's he talking about? What are some of the key phrases that he's using? Um, and then, as I'm listening and hearing him, I'm able to go, "Okay, that's computing the same way that we're trying to relay it to you." But obviously, the words that are coming yeah, out yeah. of that person's mouth <laughs> or is is actually what's what, what what's getting you to actually do what we've been trying to get you to do. So, yeah, that verbiage. And again, that that humbleness, that just check your ego out of the door, um, I think if we can do that, then we're able to to get the best out of all of our, our players, whether it's our hitters, our pitchers, infielders, outfielders, you name it. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely a struggle, though, uh, because there, there is that internal piece of you that knows what you're trying to get across is going to help the kid. Um, but we just need to figure out what's the – what's the way we have to communicate it
0: mm-hmm.
1: at some point they're going to it, it will click and it'll be now I have to in my own memory bank go okay that dude needs to be told about his front side this dude needs to be told about his hands this dude needs to be told we're still getting the same thing out of them but it's just the it's the you know speciality the, the specificness the however you want to call it but being able to to have key things for each individual is is going to help in the end.
0: I like to think of it as like different languages. Like you're kind of speaking a couple of different languages, you know, or, or maybe you're just expanding the language so that, uh, it's like slang, like how you can have four different (laughs) words that mean the same thing. It's like, you have all these different slang terms for the same, uh, idea or, or movement or something like that. Do you feel like players have actually kind of changed a little bit since you began coaching in that way, in terms of the style?
1: Absolutely. Um, Here's the other piece of it, too, as a coach, you have to be able to adapt um, because yeah. at the end of the day, we are we are constantly looking for better ways to develop players. Mm. And, you know, the old, the old what worked for me um and when I was a player and the mindset that I had, um, the way that I was grown up in the philosophies and the mentalities that were in place when I was you know, a a young player and and learning the game and being Mm. a team player and and things like that. Um, It is different than what, what it is today, but we can still get positive results, you know, regardless of, of, of how communication kind of, you know, works in a sense. Um, Mm. So it's, it is a struggle. it, it is it is different day, you know, when I stepped foot at Saddleback College for my first college coaching job some 20 years ago, uh, <laughs> it's it was those players and how you communicated with those players and how they reacted to that communication is completely different than stepping foot onto our campus today, uh, onto our baseball field today and communicating with with those players. I have to, if we want to be successful, and if I want to stay in this game, Mm. and kind of like from the player standpoint, right, you want to play this game as long as possible. Well, I want to coach this game as long as possible. I have Mm. a passion for it. I love it. But in order for me to be able to do that, I have to be able to adapt with the game and adapt with the personalities and adapt with um, you know, how we go about our business. Now mm-hmm. we're going to still create the environment that was the same environment for the last hundreds of years that this game has been a part of. Yeah. But we have to go about it a different way to create that. And mm-hmm. and again, it's it's the adjustment piece. There's a reason why some coaches just leave. It's not because they don't know how to coach. It's because more times than not, they're not willing to adapt to what's currently going on and be able to make that then work in what hmm. they're trying to get out of yeah. a specific player or, or a group of players or, or obviously collectively as, as a team. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of the guys that I find, and he's not a baseball guy, he's a football guy, but someone like a, a Nick Saban, for example, how somebody hmm. like him is able to stay relevant and successful throughout decades of competition tells you that he's able to adapt Mm -hmm. because, because guys are different. This 30 year gap that he's been a part of uh, or 40 plus that he's been a part of in in the coaching world. Those players are all different. The personalities are different, the way they're being grown up and taught in in school and all those things before they even get to him, you know, are are, is different. And so for him to be able to identify what he needs to adjust Mm. to maintain a high level of, success at whatever school he's a part of um, man, it's, it's everything. So I, you know, I look up to those kind of guys. I look up to coach Corbin, um, you know, at at Vanderbilt and the way that he's able to keep his, his teams at at such a high level, regardless of kind of where he's fit in the midst of, you know, Mm -hmm. is it this decade? Is it that decade? Is it, you know, and, and I, I think that for me, if I want to continue to be in this game and continue to be a part of this game in a positive way, I need to be able to make sure I'm adapting too. Um, And I think when you do that, I think players recognize that. Mm. And when players recognize that they're able to go, Hey, skip cares. Like he, he, he's listening to us. Um, We Mm. have one in our program. It's respect. So, you know, skip respects us. He understands who we are. He's trying to learn who we are. He's trying to, you know, engage in who we are. So now let's, let's help meet him too. And, and let's, let's help put this thing together in a way that collectively we can go, man, this is, this is going to be a fun experience together.
0: This might be a funny angle to, yes, uh, to take this, um, the direction of this conversation, but you have two sons, correct? I do. Yes. Sir. Do they play baseball?
1: They do. Yes,
0: sir. So not by force, not by force. <laughs> well, I, that wasn't going to be the question, but I guess that's pretty important, um, you know, that a, that a player loves playing the game, especially at that, uh, that age. But I like to think about um, the role of the parent uh, in today's uh, day and age. I mean, especially with travel ball, once, once you start talking about that whole dynamic um, and even how it's changed from when I was um, getting recruited out of high school to now, how different it is for the parents and the kind of role that they play. Um, And obviously you being in the position you're in, your sons are set up very well. You get it. Um, But I feel like a lot of parents really don't get it um, in terms of the role that they need to fulfill. So uh, do you have any advice for those parents? Um, Because I I feel like it can be very impactful on um, a young player's relationship with the game.
1: Absolutely. They're... (laughs) Um, I I've been fortunate enough to have been asked to, to do some recruiting seminars in the past and mm-hmm. I use my own personal experience as, as a coach and ultimately as a recruiter. Um, that's mm-hmm. something that, that area I, I have a ton of passion for. And every year we get this, it's an email. Okay. We get emails all the time, but there's always going to be one or two every year mm-hmm. and I'm going to open it up. And I'm going to read through the whole thing. And yeah, he's got his name in there. He's got, you know, why he's interested in the university. He's got some specifics about things and here's some stats. Here's some video, like everything's great. And at the end of it, it says, sincerely, Tammy, Timmy's mom. And I go, now, hold on a second.
0: Mm
1: -mm. (laughs) Is is Tammy the one that's interested in our program or is Timmy the one that's interested in our program? Oh and, god! And, and then what I usually do in those seminars is I start to then paint the picture. I said, so think about this now. Is yeah. Tammy going to be the one showing up at 6am for weights? Is Tammy going to be the one showing up, you know, two hours later for an 8am class and then going through the whole class schedule and then having to be there in the afternoon to, to get after it on a baseball field. And then, Oh, by the way, study that night and, be a part of this university and all that good stuff no no timmy is so if timmy doesn't have the investment in his career Mm. and where he wants to go play at school or be a part of a university um then tammy don't write that email you know that's you know the hardest thing and and in in all fairness, I I can guarantee you we're gonna if I ask every player every high school senior right now that has not committed yet and say can you give me the list of your top five schools where do you, where do you want to play and all five are going to be relatively similar, right? It, it's it's going to be some power five. Um, yeah all it is right now i mean the sec is kind of the flavor of the week right so let's just say it's going to be an sec school i want to go play you know for 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 coach johnson at lsu okay great perfect so did ten thousand other guys right so and uh, more yeah, yeah and more, more more, yeah so okay that that's great that's all fine and dandy um but we need to start you know creating a a bigger net to cast Let, let's start talking about some other schools some other fits um, what are some interests? What are some things that that look you know appealing from a maybe an academic side of things and um, yeah. you know regionally, location, that kind of stuff. Everything I'm describing right now is the parent. The parent is having this conversation with the kid. Mm-hmm. Once those schools and once those areas have been identified, guess what, Timmy? You need to go reach out to those schools. You need to go and start getting yourself involved in whatever it is from a, a a research standpoint to go, hey, there's you know uh, there's these events, there there's these teams that I can be a part of travel wise that go to these events over here that I know these schools are usually going to be a part of and be able to, you know watch me play and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. And I am gonna me personally, I am gonna write these emails um, you know to these institutions and these these you know recruiting director coordinators or whoever. Um, I do tell Tammy, though, please proofread. That, that's always a good thing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but but, but yeah. at the end of the day, like, you know, Timmy needs to be the one that's ultimately invested in where he's going, uh, you know, over the next four years of his of his college career. Um, mm-hmm. We're not always going to get it right. There, there's going to be some bumps in the road. We're going to have to maybe readjust the schools that maybe the better fit for, for the kid at that mm-hmm. point. And that's where mom and dad continue to be that support system
0: yes they're they're
1: there the whole way they're they're there with timmy the entire way but they're allowing timmy to be the driver Mm -hmm. and they're also allowing timmy and this is going to sound counterproductive they're going to allow timmy to get in an accident every now and then because it's in that process of okay i'm let i'm 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 putting myself out there Mm -hmm. and Someone's telling me, no. Okay. I need to be able to take that in, grow from it Mm -hmm. and be able to then move forward positively. Yeah. If all Timmy ever does is he sends stuff out and then the family decides to reread all emails coming back in and, or tell Timmy that, you know, going, whatever it is, like, you know, striking out three times, looking, wh- whatever it might be like, oh, don't worry, you'll, you'll get him next time. It's okay. Like you, you, you're a support system, but you have to continue to be real. Um, you know, we call it hard truth sometimes, like have these conversations, be able to be mm-hmm. uh, open about these conversations and be able to be that ultimate support system. And at the end of it, Timmy's going to find a place.
0: Mm-hmm. Timmy's
1: going to find a place that ultimately works best for him that he's going to have a much more positive experience. It may not be the route that he initially had intended, Mm -hmm. but what I can tell you is having coached at schools that are not in the power five, there are guys playing professionally Mm -hmm. that are in the same dugout that came from our schools that are with those schools that are those power five conferences. So it doesn't necessarily mean the end of the world if you didn't go to said power five or said big name school, you name it, insert Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, if, even if you go to this school over here, what's in place there is, is the right staff in place. There is the right culture in place there. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, eventually then that becomes the right exposure then for the, 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 kid, if that's really truly what the goals are in life down the road. Um, but all those things, you know, you, you have to be able to identify and go. Okay, yeah, you know what? It might not have been this, but you know what? He's going to go here. He's going to grow. He's going to develop. He's going to have a great experience on campus too. He's going to get this phenomenal mm-hmm. degree, whatever it is he's 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 you know aspiring to be after baseball's done. And he was invested the whole way through. Yes, he was the one that was like, man, that this is it, mom and dad. Like this, this this is this is where we want to be. This is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And it's such a gratifying experience. And for the parent to go, yeah, that's my kid went through all that. Like my son went through all of that. He went through all of the, 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 you know, great moments of saying, Hey, Timmy, we want you to be a part of our program. Here's X, Y, and Z. Here's our offer to you, all that good stuff. Signing on the dotted line, everything is great. Um, but mm-hmm. then also being part of all the hardships of getting told no, Hey, you know, this is just not a good fit. Hey, you know what? I think you need to look, you know, look somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, we can't we can't bring in everybody. Um, you know, whatever it is, and, and hearing that kind of information too. Um, it's just such a, a gratifying experience at the end of it. It sucks at certain points. It, it's gonna feel oh, like yeah. just right. It's just gonna feel like, man, life just it keeps kicking me in the you know what, this is this is terrible. Um, or absolutely or Timmy, <laughs> right? You know, like it, 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 it's yeah. just man, it's so hard. Um, but I can promise you, it, it just refines you more, it it, uh, it gives you the right scars, as we like to call it. Um, and you come out of it so much better, so much more prepared. And you're going to find yourself in an environment you want to be a part of. And, you know, it's it, it's such a, um, you know, again, having two boys on my, my own, and, mm-hmm. and knowing what's, what's ahead of them. Um, what I can tell you is, I... I do have one, one of our sons is in, is a part of a travel team at this point. Uh, sure. I have not stepped one foot on that field. Uh, I have not gone into a dugout. Um, I have not questioned one bit what the coaching staff is doing. Um, all I do is, is I am there to, to support my son and, you know, help him, uh, grow as a player, help him to be able to identify if there's things that he needs to to work on and and ultimately be that support system um, Mm. in in a way that allows him to grow as a player and as a person, allows the coaching staff to do what they need to do, and everyone's in in, in their roles and able to do their roles at the highest level possible.
0: And you're in your position, too, saying that you're not getting involved whatsoever. It's amazing how many parents love to get involved and i don't know maybe this is just uh the environment that i grew up in a little bit but um it, it seemed to be a little bit of a competition you know like oh my son's getting interest from this school mm-hmm. and it's like god here we yeah. go again like come on guys like first of all you should only be you know concerned with where your son goes or um what he ultimately decides on not what he's unable to get or what other guy his teammate is getting like you it doesn't serve you any good to to do that to be concerned with with uh, the path that someone else is on I mean (laughs) I know if my dad felt that way or if he if he uh, acted in that way then I was throwing him for a loop because I got cut after my freshman year of college had to go to junior college I was injured and it was like oh god this is embarrassing like oh my son has to go to junior college like he's not a d1 guy it's like no, he didn't care. It's like, uh, you need that sometimes. Like you said, you, like iron sharpens iron. Like you need that, that battle scar a little bit sometimes to, to kind of teach you a few lessons. Like you never know. And uh, yeah, I just find that so interesting because I do feel like a lot of parents who, who, if you're involved, great. Like you should be involved to the level of, you know, you're a, a supporter. You're not literally the, the primary, Uh, like, what's the word? not energy source, but you're, you're not like the main promoter of like your kid, sure. like the kid should be promoting himself. Yeah, you're, uh,
1: you're not, you're not running his Twitter feed. Um, you're oh not, my gosh. Uh, yeah. You know, it's you. Know, at the end of the day, we don't want, we don't want you to drop your kid off, go, you know, hang out at uh, you know, Starbucks for the next three hours um, you know, sipping on a pumpkin spice latte. Like we, we don't, and then show up later and go, Hey, how was, how was practice? Like you don't need to be that. Yeah. That's engaged. Um, mm-hmm. if that's who you are and that, and that's what, and that's the experience you want for your kid. Okay. I mean, that's kind of, everybody's got that, that opinion on, on things, but yeah. Don't, on the flip side, we don't want the other extreme either, which is talking mm-hmm. to your kid after every pitch when he's, when he's in the batter's box trying to compete, Hey, elbow up, elbow up. Like we, we
0: Oh my gosh,
1: <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't need that either. Um, that stuff you know, is crazy. that's crazy. That's, that's the other side of it where it's, again allow and and I I try to be as I'm a very um transparent person um Mm. especially with with our our parents um what I tell them at the very beginning of the year uh it it still holds true to this day that I've been doing this for ever since I started coaching Mm. I will give them a a letter at the very beginning of the fall and in that letter I will tell them your son will fail and I want
0: great yes fantastic and and
1: it's 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 a it's something where you know in order for us to be able to get this young man to be as prepared for life as possible Mm -hmm. not just baseball but life as possible i need him we need him to go beyond his boundaries get uncomfortable fail a bunch and be able to pick himself up dust himself off re-engage go at whatever it is he's trying to achieve even harder and if he falls down again so what he's gonna get right back up and do it one more time another time another time until he is successful and we just pave the road for him and it ain't gonna work down the road when life hits him upside the head so Mm. yeah it's it's definitely a challenge because i i can Trust me, there, there's a there's an internal piece of me at certain points in time when I'm watching his team practice or I'm watching him play in a game that I want to run out in the field and say, What are you doing? But <laughs> it's it's I I can't. I I know what my role is in this scenario. I have to see him fall on his face. I as tough as that is to watch, because it looks like a train wreck, and it usually is. But it's it's one of those things where I have to allow him to do that because I was able to do that when I was a player, mm. and I was able to pick myself up, dust myself off, and be able to grow so much more. So I I, I can't pave the way for him and expect mm. him to get to a level that you know I I didn't play I didn't have the twenty-year Derek Jeter career, but I was able to put myself in a in a decent position to to, to play professionally and, and do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't because someone just gave easy streak and said, here, here you go. There it is. Nice and easy for you. Um, you have to be able to go through failures and, and, you know, the, the term trials and tribulations, you know, all those mm-hmm. things. Um, and, and I need, I need him to, to go through that too, then as gut wrenching as it is, as, you know, as disheartening as it can be at times to, to watch a kid fail, um, let alone your own kid, uh, it's, it's necessary. And, mm-hmm. uh. And I think the more we can embrace that and activate our role as support in helping them to identify, Mm. you know, what went wrong, why, what adjustments are we going to make? And by doing it in that kind of sense and and in that arena, kids are going to grow so much more and and we'll be able to have much more positive experiences for that kid then as as the years progress.
0: Mm. Could not have said that better. My, uh, I love the saying "trust the process," and that I feel like that sure. was like a very elaborate way of of mm-hmm. being like, yeah, it's trusting the process. Um, I feel like we could have talked about that for, or we can talk about that for hours. Like, there's so Absolutely. much more to dive into that. We don't have too much time left, though. I know you got to go. Like, yes, if sir. I can ask a little bit more, just about like kind of the the background for you. I like to ask every coach a few questions about this type of stuff, if that's okay. Yes, absolutely. Um. So I like to ask every coach when you knew you wanted to get into coaching, like if it was um after you stopped playing, before you uh, stopped playing, just like what that looked like for you. Sure.
1: Absolutely. Um. I when I got done playing, um. Mm-hmm. I was given. A couple of different paths at that point you know in, in our our baseball world there was either coaching or scouting like that was mm-hmm. there, there was no not a whole lot of analytical stuff there there wasn't the the drive lines and and those kind of things to to be in, involved in that kind of sense um even travel ball wasn't it was a it was there but it wasn't wasn't a big piece like it is today sure so i went okay um I, I, for whatever reason, I, I felt like I had an eye to be to be able to see talent, to be able to understand what was what talent looked like, what potential looked like in talent. Um, so the scouting thing was kind of like, oh, maybe this maybe this is the route to go. Hmm. And then I started thinking about the relationships I've had over the years with the coaches and and the the skips that I played for, and and in that, in those relationships, in those experiences, um, they were monumental for me. Uh, Mm. and so, okay, do I want to be on the outside of the fence watching somebody and then just walking away? Or do I want to be on the inside of the fence and watch what's happening, but then be able to help, um, and Mm. be able to be a part of, watching that process Um, yeah eventually I started thinking you know what I I want to live vicariously through them so that's where the coaching aspect for me uh, it it became a no-brainer at that point you know and and Mm -hmm. then coaching college baseball right so now I get both fixes I get Mm -hmm. to be the guy on the other side of the fence scouting the kid going okay is this guy going to be a good fit for our program Uh, but then on the flip side Mm -hmm. once that kid a part of our program i get to be now on the inside of the the fence yeah hey let's work together now this is cool this is great let's have these these moments now for the next four years um so that that's that's where coaching eventually became the the passion for me and the route that i wanted to go
0: i did not think about it in that way uh that i don't know why that didn't register until just now but yeah you you're basically a like a professional scout but also a professional coach combined into one at the college i don't know why it did not just register but yeah i guess that is the best of both worlds like that's awesome um okay so i do also like to ask like if you weren't a coach like what you would be um that's kind of i don't know if that's like a tough question because like you said you know you like scouting too so um, i don't know is there anything non-baseball related that you had interest in or like thought about uh working in
1: well i'll say i I had a couple of side jobs when I was when I was a player and, and going through school. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other route that I was looking to go uh, was broadcasting. I actually have my undergrad is in mass communications and oh. with the emphasis in, in TV and in radio. There we go. 12
0: o'clock. Um, Sorry, I keep going. So,
1: no, no, you're good. <laughs> um, but but my emphasis was in TV and radio. And I always thought of myself as <laughs> being involved in 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 athletics, but on the, you know, the radio side of things. And uh, this space switch wasn't going to work for TV, but uh, <laughs> so it was. It was that route. I think I probably would have gone if I if I wasn't a coach. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, I love the training aspect of things, and I was able to kind of live that life a little bit too. Um, as an assistant coach, you got to wear eight different hats um, to be able yep. to make ends meet a lot of times financially. So uh, I was also a personal trainer. Uh, throughout the course of my my first few years uh, once I started getting into the coaching world but I was also doing that at a facility that I was training at as well um, I would just uh, kind of help the trainers that were there uh, when I would you know get done with my training and I still had time before I needed to get to class or, or yeah. whatever so I would would train a couple of high school kids and and get on my way so um, so I would think that would probably be the route that I would have hmm. stayed in or uh, or grown from Yeah. If I wasn't doing this,
0: do you have any advice or, um, I guess maybe, uh, if you could go back in time and like, give some advice to like your first or second year coaching self, like what that would look like, maybe uh, a mistake that you, that you've corrected along the way, where you're like, Oh, this is a good piece of advice that a lot of young coaches can learn.
1: Sure. Um, relationships first (laughs) success. Second. Um, I, I think when I first started getting into this, it was, Uh, kind of what we talked about earlier, I was very Hmm. much, it's got to be this way, or it's no way, don't be a part of this, it's not going to work. What I didn't realize was, if if I develop a relationship with these guys, and get to know who they are, and really create that bond first, Hmm. then, as we start talking about development, as we start talking about, you know, what's wrong, and how we can develop and get better and and make it right, so to speak, then we're going to be in a much better, better situation. Because if we just come at them like, Hey, it's gotta be my way or the highway. You've never met me before, but this is how you're going to have to do it. Mm -hmm. It it falls on deaf ears. Um, They, you know, the, they usually don't, uh, they don't pull their weight with you. Um, And and there's, you know, there's much more friction at that point in time. So Hmm. I would say if if I was looking at my, my first year at, at Saddleback, I would tell him, Like, Hey, just build the relationships. Okay. It's, it's okay. Uh, Develop that part first. Um, You know, you're still working with every day. You're still getting better every day, but Mm -hmm. make sure you're understanding who they are, where they came from. And um, that'll help uh, service you in terms of the communication and develop, developing them further Mm -hmm. as, as it progresses.
0: I've definitely heard that one before. Uh, It's totally warranted though, to being a young coach wanting to have success. It's, it makes a lot of sense. Um, Okay. I've got three questions left. Um, Two, two about Embry-Riddle. So like if you have, if there's a a part of Embry-Riddle that you uh, really appreciate, like the school uh, in particular, that maybe not a lot of people will know about. And then the same uh, question, but for the program as well. So something that just people uh, might not know a whole lot about, but you appreciate.
1: Sure. Uh, from a university standpoint, the family atmosphere that that's there, um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: we, our kids, regardless if they're a student athlete or, or if they're a student on our campus, um, our professors Mm -hmm. care, they challenge all, everybody on that campus. They challenge them to, to get outside their comfort zone. I mean, there's some, there's Mm -hmm. some hard, hard lessons that are learned, but it's done in in a loving manner because they want what's best for for each and every one of those students on our campus so mm-hmm. uh, I think that part of it and in how they help develop future leaders of the world uh, I, I can't I can't thank those those faculty members enough um, for what mm-hmm. what they do for for our students on our campus um, you know it's uh, it's always uh, the under underappreciated uh, it's always easy to go well it's the professor's fault for uh, they're they're so underappreciated um but Mm -hmm. they they do such amazing work and phenomenal work but um so yeah i think that's uh that's something that maybe people don't don't think of initially um -hmm. you know it's definitely something that's important uh and the second part again was was the baseball side of things is that
0: yeah just specifically with baseball if there's something like that most people wouldn't know about or they would never hear about unless you know you would talk about it on like a podcast like this
1: Sure. Absolutely. Um, our guys are involved a lot within the community, um, Mm. whether that's, um, you know, having relationships, you know, we do have some, some national organizations that we have relationships with like team impact and, um, you know, those kind of places, but, you know, helping out the local boys and girls club, um, you know, being a part of big brothers, big sisters, uh, with our local chapters. Um, I think that's, again, it's not just having a great player, but it's having a great person. And we understand that there's being a part of a, we're not a, a small community, you know, we, we've got a, over hundred thousand that live in our area, but mm-hmm. we're also in a community that we can have a much bigger voice and bigger impact, um, you know, much like a bigger celebrity, you know, would have in a much bigger market in a sense, right? So mm-hmm. they take that and they embrace it and they go, okay, well, how, how can we help? um and and so there's there's a number of guys in our program that just do absolutely phenomenal work um some guys have started programs on our campus even um that that uh help out the community so it's it's been really neat to see that um and Mm -hmm. and to see that kind of um inclusiveness and and that uh, want and desire to you know it's not just again we talked a while ago about it but it's not just about baseball there there's so much more to life than than that and um you know i i one of our our pillars of success we talk about is doing things for others without ever asking for a thank you, uh, recognition, mm-hmm. anything of that nature, um, because mm. it's it's the right thing to do. It's it's the you know we just need to be good humans, <laughs> and yeah, and a lot of our guys really embrace that, and um and that's that's really neat to see uh, as a coach.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's not only gratifying um to know that you're doing something right but also uh it kind of puts you in a good perspective too like it can absolutely. definitely it can definitely change your perspective i know it's changed mine when i do something like that like to remember how lucky i am so absolutely yes sir okay last question um yes, sir. Go for it. this is about um recruiting specifically which is right down your alley um bring it on if you, if you just have like a recruiting uh story that kind of highlights um, just the absurdities that you guys have to go through as recruiters in terms of your your schedules or whatever it is. If you just have like a story about like being on the recruiting trails, like a fun or weird or disastrous or uh, magical experience that you've had uh, while you're out somewhere recruiting.
1: I I think um, again living vicariously through our our players. That's that okay. that's my that's who I am. Right. So when you see somebody that you you see the potential in them and they mm-hmm. may not know they, they may not know what that potential is yet. Uh, I remember mm. we recruited a kid years ago uh, and I remember seeing him um, at an event and all the actions were there, um, but there was one thing that he did and it was on the mound and it was more of just a secondary thing for him. And I saw him get up there and do some things and there's just a just a light bulb that kind of went, yeah. That's, I think that's going to be pretty good. I I think he's got he's got something. Um, we go through the recruiting process. We keep telling him, hey, you know, we're, we're going to have you come in as a two way. Um, hmm. I, I think your I think your future might might be on on the mound. And he's like, really? I'm like, I don't really pitch much, you know, and, and I, I just do, you know, this, this, and this, I, I, you know, I closed games for my high school, but that's, that's about it. I said, yeah, I, I know mm-hmm. I said, your, your arm action, the way that you move, uh, it just, I mean, we're going to, Hey, come in as a two-way guy. We'll, we'll, we'll do the whole thing, we'll, we'll see where it fits, but yeah. you know, maybe it's wrong, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I just didn't see it right. And maybe you're going to just hit, you know, tanks for us and play third base and, and all that good stuff. Um, so he gets in our program freshman year, doesn't throw one bullpen. Okay, he goes okay. an entire freshman year just being a position player only. It's not really working, and so we say, okay, let's let's go back to this idea that we had, and we think you're going to be a, a potential pitcher on the mound. So let's, hey, this summer, let's just let's just work on that, and and we know your arm works; it, it's fast. We've got a coach that that will, that does summer ball that will will allow us, will uh will, will give us the time of day to say, hey, we want to try something. Can you can you work with them? Hmm. Um, and so he did. And I remember him calling us up in the later in the summer when the All Star game time frame was was happening, and said, hey, you you're gonna probably want to go to the All Star game this this summer. I said your dude is he's ninety one to ninety three and just has a really hard slider and. I think he's going to be okay. So,
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs>
1: why did he not throw one bullpen. Didn't throw one bullpen his freshman year. So he gets to us again yeah. as a sophomore, and we start working with him. Our, our pitching coach starts working with him, and he. This is my last year at, there, actually, at, at the school that I was. That I was at. Um, yeah. We're in the national championship game, and he's throwing ninety-eight miles an hour as as our closer. And fast forward one more year. Down the road, he's a third round draft pick
0: on the mound. Oh my gosh! Like it just hit me who you're talking about.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it was just one of those things where you know, okay, yes. Way back when it was a it was a June. Uh, we we're, were at um, where were we at? We were at Santa Clara. There was a there was a, a workout going mm. on at, at Santa Clara, and I just remember seeing him on the mound, and going, I think there there's something special there now did i see triple digits that's that's obviously up to the player but um but there was just something about what he did the actions if someone just believed in that part of it and 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 gave him that same belief and he mm-hmm. then felt that same belief and maybe incorporated into how he went about his business um it, it was just awesome to watch it was it was such a cool thing and um yeah, that's that's definitely a fun fun recruiting story for sure.
0: Yeah, that's a good one because uh, I mean I know I know who you're talking about now and I'm and I remember following you know that player and I'm like that has got to be such a cool thing to see happen in real time just the progression of that. That's awesome. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah, it was it was the craziest thing and you know we there was there was question marks about certain parts of of him and hmm. we had our we where we were at we were allowed one scrimmage so we have this fall scrimmage against a, a local jc and mm. we we've, we've our our pitching coach thought so highly of him um that yeah. uh, at least initially anyways that he had him throw at the very end like we're 18 innings in and and now here, here he comes first bolt, 93 second one 93 third one 94 and it was just one of those okay no, I think this is real. Like mm-hmm. the, the, this belief that we gave him to start this fall and having him go out there and, and just show it right out of the gate um, was, was mm-hmm. just awesome to see. So, and then obviously it just continued to, to go from there, but.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And I'd imagine he also probably worked pretty hard too to get oh, to that Oh, absolutely.
1: Point. <laughs> absolutely. And he, yeah. again, right. You, you're, you're, you're caught with this kind of like you're, you're in the crossroads. Mm. So things didn't work very well for you as a position player. And that's all we ever worked with you with for that first year. You didn't even touch this side of it. And yet we're asking you to go down this path because we believe that there's something there. And for him to still have enough, I don't know how much belief he had with himself at that point, but to hear it from us and to go, Mm -hmm. okay, let's, let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. And for it to turn into what it turned into, um, is is pretty remarkable
0: Jeez, oh, yeah that's a good way to end this but yeah again i feel like we could talk about so many or so many of the topics we covered for Absolutely. hours but okay yeah like i know i know you got to go um so i will let you go but jeff this was awesome thank you so much for coming on here
1: no i i appreciate everything jack what you got going on here man is is awesome and uh thank you look forward to seeing more more faces on the uh, on the podcast or hearing more podcasts and hearing other guys uh, fun stories too
0: hey and you'll have to come back too and you know i've already teased this i'm gonna tease this but like i also would love to do group stuff so i mean sure. yeah i think that would be really fun too and uh yeah if you'd be open to that like that would be i think that could be a really good time um Absolutely.
1: always available jack
0: well thank you okay so that well actually hold on i'll, I'll talk to you really briefly after uh yes, sign off sir. but we're gonna sign off now so that is gonna do it for this episode of player to prospect and we will see you next week.